of attending a Patriots game at Gillette Stadium is unparalleled. The energy of the crowd, the excitement, the anticipation, it is an electric experience. But naturally, there are many moving parts to the operation on game day. Now, we all know John Rook as the PC Friars radio voice, but he is currently in his 26th season as the stadium voice for the five-time champs. I took a trip up to Foxborough to learn more about his unique perspective, role during the games, and history with the team. No, I wasn't ready for the booth just yet. It's John Rook's domain. His history with the Pats runs deep. They said, our former public address announcer is retiring after, you know, being the only one that they had had since the inception of the team. Would you be interested in taking that job? And I'm like, is the Pope Catholic? Yes, I would be interested. He brings the energy, but must play it strategically and with a purpose. I have to remember the basic football nature of why people come to the game. They need to know what the score is, who just, you know, made the play, that kind of thing. He's seen the team evolve. It all just kind of steamrolled into the craft purchasing the team, Coach Belichick coming in at a later time, of course, but it's just been a heck of a ride. There have been many memorable moments, including one featuring John Bon Jovi. He led 68,000 people in singing Living on a Prayer. Pretty cool, but John Bon Jovi does an impromptu concert. Johnny used to call in the booth. <laughs> but how does the master do it? I got a first-hand look as we made our way throughout the inner sanctum of Gillette Stadium. Boy, you can't beat an awkward elevator, right? Right, boys? <laughs> One of the things that has been a ritual of mine for 25 years, oh, 26 years now, is that I like to go on the field before the game. Soak and up the vibe. Exactly. Right, that's exactly right. So you just soak up the vibe and kind of take it all in and uh, kind of feel like, okay, what's the vibe for today? What's it like? What I really need to know is, have you ever considered tripping an opposing player? <laughs> Never. <laughs> Even on those brutally cold New England game days, he powers through with the booth window open. Even when it's 20 degrees below zero outside, this door's open. So what we typically do on those days, the heater works very well. Right. We are all bundled up here. From waist down, we're usually pretty good. It's when your ears and, you, you know, oh, yeah. your nose and your fingers freeze. You know, John, I feel like uh, Mark is following us. A little uncomfortable. <laughs> That's Mark's job. <laughs> to be of the walls, the game day setup is crucial to the job. Typically, it's spotter sits the far left, then I sit next to the spotter, usually about the 37, 38 yard line, then the scoreboard operator is in the middle, then the game clock operator, and then the play clock operator. But today, to your right, yes. your immediate right, an apprentice in training right here to learn from the master. You want to learn how to do this? I want to learn how to do it. I wait for the play to complete, you know, and as soon as the ball is caught and the player is tackled immediately, then I've got the call. You know, Brady complete to Rob Gronkowski or Brady complete to Philip Dorsett or whomever. But usually, if I know right away, pick up of 12 yards. Now that's good for another Patriot first down. And that's something that took us about three to five years to get the crowd into. Yeah. And we tried to look for a way back in the mid-90s. One of the things we wanted to do at Old Foxborough Stadium was figure out a way to get people, you know, to get involved. Because Foxborough Stadium, as you remember, was cold and sure. had no amenities. Right. And nobody, you know, wanted to do anything. I don't think it had lights. They played in the dark. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> Brady pass complete to Gronkowski. Completion for 12 yards. But there is a flag on the play. 
To wrap things up, my big moment arrived, and I made my announcement. Attention, Patriots fans. Somebody immediately said that this is unlike John Please hurry. I have my own ideas of what should be announced, but it was such a fun day. John really has seen it all, including multiple AFC title game victories, and he has... How's it going, New England Patriot fans? As uh, the first the first four minutes of this podcast, y'all hear someone, you know, talking to John Rook and taking a tri- trip around Foxborough and doing a little bit of booth work. Um... Again, just like last Saturday, we're going to have our brother, Bobby Thompson, call in and ask a couple of questions to John. Uh, again, you know, this is Bobby's last weekend, last official Saturday in Jersey. Tomorrow will be the last Sunday. We will go without Yankee Real Baseball, the last official Sunday, so that would be good, you know, big party in Jersey tomorrow, if you're not there, well, you're not there, if you're there, well, you're there, uh, are we recording tomorrow, uh, the only way we'll record tomorrow is, is if I'm forced to record, Uh, otherwise, we're not recording tomorrow. Does that mean tomorrow we have the day off? Hell yeah. Guys, and I say this with, with all love, we love doing this. We love doing the show, but we've been doing the show for three straight weeks. I think we deserve a little, like, one day R&R for us. And, hey, uh, tomorrow we bop if I say, if you're there, hey, welcome to the party. If you're not there, well, you know... You can catch us on the memory banks. Um, yes, tonight will be Patriot Talk. Um, yes, Bobby Thompson will be calling in live. And yes, this is the last day. Um, quickly, do you know that there's baseball on the TV? And That's the right. 3-2 Yankees, Chad Green in the bullpen. Jerry's familiar on the mound. Uh, Mike King gave up one run. Jack Britton pitched in relief. John Carl Sand hit a double. Everyone's favorite player to hate, Clint Frazier hit a two-run home run, um, Gleyber Torres hit an RBI single in the first, and that's how it is at the top of the sixth, we've seen a challenge that overruled Cespedes being safe, um, Cone and Michael K are not in the same booth, so that's, that's different, very different, um, you're not seeing every player wear a mask in the batter's box. So, maybe it's just due to comfort. You know, I I haven't even seen the Mets catcher wear a mask. So, you know, maybe they don't want to. And I guess I, I can get that. Uh, you're, ooh, a wild throw up the first baseline. And Gio Rochelle will go to second base. And John Carlos, uh... There's a little lot of play-by-play there. Uh, you got the cardboard cutouts, and Mets fans are paying $86, and they're doing that for the 1986 World Series. Um, you got you got some employees in the in, in the stand, so I'm sure every team will do that. 
I'm sure every guy who takes out the tart will be will be in in, in the seats. I'm sure we'll have gen I'm sure we'll have GMs and owners in in the seats. You know, guys like CC Spathia, you know, guys who are assistant to the GM ju just to have some real people cuz I think the fake crowd only sucks. You know, I think it's absolute garbage. I'd rather you put the fans on the jumbotron. You know, just 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 do what the NFL drafted. Put the fans of that perspective team on the jumbotron, and everybody gets a half an inning. You know, maybe 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 do it to a money a money system. You know, for 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 each game, everyone gets a half an inning. You get one shot at it. Uh. And, and and it shouldn't matter if you're a season ticket holder first. Everybody's money count. You know, if every person pays like thirty, forty dollars, you know, you know that's with reason. And that way, you know, you get you get half money goes to Black Lives Matter, or or and then half goes to COVID. You know, you, you get people going to charities, and it's a beautiful thing. Oh yeah, it, it's cool. Um, if they do that, I totally am for that. Um, I'm definitely for people like that. So I'm, I'm with that. If, if that, if that. I mean, Al Steinbrenner came out and said the Yankees will not do that. However, and he said that he wants real fans in the real seats. So Al Steinbrenner said he will not do that. So. Well, I I don't blame the cardboard cutout. I I think that's super super corny. You know, but the same people that bought these cutouts for the Mets. Probably bought those ridiculous bricks. <laughs> but, uh, what was your thoughts on our discussion this afternoon? I will say this. Um, I think it was informative. And I would like, like, normally I was going to come in and I was going to, like, I was going to, like, eviscerate this guy into a... I really wanted you to rip him. I really did. I, 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 I was really, really disappointed. But, honestly, after talking to him, I... I, honestly, I, 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 can, I can see both sides. I, I can see both sides. I can honestly see both sides. I think um, I think it was a fair and open discussion, honestly. I think it was fair. So I'm, I'm not going to kill him that much. But initially, though, it, it came off bad. But Well, just, well what he said I, was also true. You know, words, yeah. words through text. You know you can't you can't give a meaning. That's why I'm an old school guy. I I if we're gonna talk, I'd rather I'd rather talk on the phone. This way, I I can hear if you're if, if you're being a wise guy. I I can see what you mean. You know, you can hear if a person's laughing or whatnot, or if they're trying to be serious or whatnot. You can hear the context just from their voice, so you can understand what they're saying. So I'd rather hear where he was coming from rather than go on the internet see the you know because if I can hear your voice then I can then I can definitely make it the context. So and, I uh, think the like yeah so and, that's that. Um, and on Monday so we're doing all things Rockies. So we get to talk about the best third baseman in the in all of baseball, Mr. Nolan Alonado. That's right. You know, you know, talk some Trevor's story. You know, and and she is a woman, so we'll, we'll touch a little bit on the Redskins situation. We'll yeah, talk about we'll talk about her treatment in sports. 
And again, guys, this is this is really important. You should treat all fellow co workers with with respect. But and and this is where you know the hypocriticism goes goes away. The double standard. But more importantly, women. I'm sorry, women in any male-dominated profession has to get treated better. It has to. Because there's more men than women. And I'm still amazed that the Redskins had one HR person for over 200 employees. How is that even possible? So, it seems like that whole entire company has been misran. So maybe maybe Snyder's not there, but they 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 operations. Um, but real real importantly, new episode of Breaking Balls hit today. Listen to it, and they made a, a Twitter for that. So it's Break Balls Pod. Follow it. Make sure make sure you listen to every every set episode. They drop one every Saturday. And we're trying to get Jose Canseco on their podcast. So, Jose, come on, man. Where you at? Go on their podcast. Uh, they also had the opportunity. You know, Bob Tease has been doing this for a little over a month now. That they got to talk to Aaron Boone the, the other day. Oh, and uh, Ryan Rucco. And so far, Meredith Morakovic. And Brian Cashman and David Cohn. So that's that's really cool. Um, and uh, we'll see real, real baseball Thursday in Nationals Park. Uh, the Blue Jays, however, may be the Buffalo Blue Jays. As they will not, oh God, yeah. will not be allowed to play baseball in Toronto. Uh, and the Dodgers are no longer using Chico in the outfield. He was the amazing clubhouse attendant who's been throwing out runners from the outfield, been catching balls from the outfield, just doing spectacular work. But Dave Roberts said that experiment is over. We now got to get close to real baseball. But more importantly, number one in your scorebooks, number one in your hearts, all things New England Patriots with Mr. The PA announcer, John Rook who has been the announcer for the Patriots going into, I would say, his 27th year now. He's also for the Providence Friars Radio. And, uh, again, guys, if you're a Patriots fan like, if you're a Patriots fan like me, Bobby, and James, you're going to love this conversation. James, James is so, so hyped. He's so hyped to hear all things New England Patriots. And let's go! I am not a Patriot fan. Oh, I'm yes, you are. You know you love it. You love it so I much. Will, so much. I will, I will sit this segment out. Get him on the, on the line. <laughs> so we are now here with the PA announcer of the New England Patriots, Mr. John Rook. John, how has your Saturday e- evening been treating you? <laughs> it's been okay. How about yourself? It's going good. We're out here in New York right now, and uh, I we're glad that sports are coming back. Well, you know, uh, I'd love for them to be back, you know, a little 
little bit further than they are. Uh, I'm also a little reluctant to um, fully embrace them coming back. I'm not so sure that it's the right thing that you know maybe we need to be doing. Um, but I'm kind of like everybody else. I'm just kind of caught between the rock and the hard place. So if they are going to come back and they can come back safely, then believe me, I'm all for it. I'll be watching and I'll be hopefully participating in it in some form or fashion. So I assume that you'll only do Patriot home games, right? Yeah, that's what I've done for uh, 28 years. This will be year 29. Um, so that's, it's been 10 games, you know, at Gillette. And um, uh, I don't think we're going to have uh, a full, I mean, I'm, we're not going to have a full preseason. I'm not even no. sure we're going to have a preseason at all this year. We might have a game at home. Uh, it's possible, but, you know, uh, right now, even though the NFL has said that, uh, you know, the training camps are going to begin, uh, you know, in another week, uh, I, I can't imagine uh, that we'll see anything close to what would be considered a normal preseason. Uh, my guess is they'll play at least one. They might play two just because they're going to figure out a way to, you know, balance it out because some teams would get a home game and others wouldn't. But then again, you know, if you're playing a home game without any fans, what the heck difference does it make, right? I've I've always said week two and three of preseason is most important. You know, week week yeah. one week one and the Hall of Fame game is useless. No one no one plays. And then week four it's like why would you want to get hurt before the season starts? But I would think they need at least one to you know, live speed and a real hit because even in even in practice you're not really getting hit, really. So, especially more importantly for, like, the Bucks, you know, the Patriots with Cam Newton, I would think it's even more important, you know, the Colts with Rivers to have to have at least one preseason game. Yeah, you know, I think, that's, I think you kind of touched on an important point. The one thing that you need and that the teams need at least – you know, one, or I would say, in this case, two preseason games for, is to evaluate the personnel. Now, granted, most rosters, I think, this year are not going to have the full complement of 90 players. I think everybody's going to be somewhat short of 90, so there may not be as many players to evaluate. But you still have, for, for guys to have a chance to make the team, they have to have an opportunity to show what they can do on the field. So you're, you're taking those opportunities away from the hidden gems in the sport. So that, that's why you have preseason. You have preseason in an effort to evaluate, you know, the guys that you don't really know a lot about. Free agents, uh, potentially veterans that are trying to make teams, you know, that feel like they still have something to prove, whatever it may be. You, you know, out of a 53-man roster, you pretty much know, I would say, 46 to 47 you know, or 45, let's say, on the short end. The other, you know, seven to ten spots that are there, that's what you need training camp for. So, um, you know, I, I would imagine I'll have some evaluation period. I just don't think it'll be very deep or very long. Um, also, if they do have a season, did you give any thought to maybe, hey, let me just sit this one out and wait till... You know, there's a vaccine, or just just waiting. Sure, sure, and I think a lot. I think you're going to see a lot more players in the NFL decide to do that, just like you see in the NBA. 
uh, just like you've heard about in the NHL. Uh, you know, guys in Major League Soccer, I mean, the sports that are out there, you know, uh, playing right now, you're starting to see some players decide to, you know what, I, this isn't for me. Baseball, you know, David Price did that, you know, uh, you know, the former Red Sox pitcher now with the Dodgers. So I think you're going to start to see some uh, NFL players once they get to camp, uh, once they see what the, uh, you know, the, the, the COVID protocols are going to be, then I think you're definitely going to see some guys that say, you know what, this isn't worth it. If I can carry over my contract and pick it up again this time next year, I think I'm going to do that. Maybe some of these guys have uh, people that they would uh, consider to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, susceptible at home. They might have, you know, kids. They might have family members, whatever that they have to be around that they don't want to be around or feel like, you know, they could put them in harm's way. I, you know, what, you know, as a father, I understand that completely. Um, you know, so. If the league is going to allow them to do that, I certainly can understand why they would do it. There's a really, you know, there's a small part of me that says, look, we have to move on with life. We got to keep going. Uh, There's no sense in sitting around. This is going to be around with us for a while. I think we have to learn to live with this and learn to move on. And and my overwhelming thought process here is, is that that's really the way that we need to proceed. However... Um, I also understand that we're not going to knock this thing out of the park. And I think the southern part of the United States has proven to everybody now that we can't do that. You know, we're, I say we're fortunate. Nobody's fortunate. But, you know, up here in the Northeast, in New England, you know, where you are in New York, you know, we were able to battle through this because we had the worst of it, you know, back in March and April. And, and, and our, our politicians and our leaders, they shut us down, and we all griped about it, no question about it. But, you know, I kind of have to give our politicians up here a little bit of credit for doing what they did. You know, you, 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 got, you caught a call it as you see it. And well, we're in the South. They have been a little bit lax to shut down, and they were quick to reopen, and they were probably too quick to reopen. And, and I'm originally from Texas, so my whole family in Texas is going through this right now, what we went through three, four months ago. And it, this is real. This is not a hoax. Uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that because I'm affiliated with any stinking party. The one thing I really have hated is the whole politici- you know, politicizing of this. It's, that, that's not what this is. So um, there's a part, another part of me that, honestly, I'd like to we could just, if we could shut it down for, I don't know, three weeks, a month, I don't know, and you could tell me that this would all go away, I would vote to do that, even if it meant shortening the football season. Now, I truly believe the football season is not going to start on time. I, 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 I hope I'm wrong. But I think what they're going to discover is players are going to go through, you know, camp uh, that, I mean, you know what football is. These guys blow snot on each other. They spit, you know, there's sweat, there's blood, there's, you know, oh, my God. I mean, you know, if you've ever been to, you know, down on a sideline, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever played the sport, you certainly know what I'm talking about. And um, I think guys are going to realize, you know what, this is a little bit, more than I bargained for and some guys are going to get sick just like we're still seeing in some of these other sports that are playing and I think they're going to I think they'll delay it I I think that's why they kind of built the season the way they did Uh, my anticipation would probably be taking more of September and maybe launching this in October to where they could actually finish the regular season up in January 
and still be done with the Super Bowl probably by the end of February. So they wouldn't really be off by a lot. And I don't think that would kill a lot of people, uh, literally, if not figuratively. And I think that would be a decent compromise, you know, especially if we're able to play the sport. Uh, you're going to see college football already, uh, you know, in, in conferences, in, in a lot of the uh, smaller schools, they're going to try to play a shortened schedule in the springtime because it's just too dangerous to play in the fall when you try to bring people back to campus and kids back to campus. So it wouldn't surprise me to see this thing delayed a little bit. And maybe that's for the good if you tell me that we can, you know, heal up some people and knock this thing out because we all want to get back to normal, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Um, let's let's say they did decide to, sh- to shorten the season. I I would think you can't go under twelve weeks. I, w- I would think you would have to have at least twelve weeks, right? I agree with I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think you'd probably have to see them play at least twelve. But even if they move the season and decide to slide it back to October, which I think is what, you know, I, I, listen, don't be shocked if it happens, all right? I mean, I hope they start on time, you know, in September like everybody else. Uh, and, and I hope I'm wrong about this, but I just think as we get into training camp, I think guys are going to see that this is a little bit more difficult, maybe a little bit more than they bargained for, just like we've seen in the NBA bubble and in the NHL and certainly in Major League Baseball. We've seen it, and guys are kind of like, hmm, I think we need to reevaluate this, and I think that's going to happen in football. But even if they move football back to, to say, October 1, you'll still be able to get a full 16 weeks. You might not have any uh, off weeks. There may not be any bye weeks. Ooh. But I think they're going to try to. I think they're going to try to go with it. And yeah, that'll be tough without bye weeks. So I think the other thing that you might see is you're going to see expanded rosters. Certainly, we already know that the the practice squad is going to be ten this year instead of uh, seven. So I think that's that's already in the books. That's already going to happen. But I think you might actually see the practice squad guys uh, potentially be eligible on a, on a week to week basis because what happens? Let's just say. Let's just put this out there. What happens if an offensive lineman is practicing and you know and he's out there sweating and spitting and right. grunting and bleeding and all that stuff, you know, with his entire offensive line, right? And let's just say he gets sick. And so they gotta quarantine him. Or well, what do you think is gonna happen to the rest of the offensive lineman? Oh, that man, he's been yeah. playing with for the last week. You could lose an entire team's worth of linemen because you've got to quarantine everybody. So if you don't have replacements on your practice squad out there ready to roll, you're dead. There's just there's nothing you can do about that. So what happens? That's why I think there's got to be some kind of expansion of rosters, either from the practice squad or, or to the active roster, where you know instead of you know playing with um, uh, you know 46 or whatever it is on a week uh, on a on a Sunday, you're going to have to increase that by at least 10 to 12 players just to make sure you've got enough people that you can field a team with, because you're going to have quarantines happen. If I can almost guarantee that. If I'm the NFLPA and I hear no bye weeks, I'll say yes. But if if any player gets gets the coronavirus, he that player has to get full full coverage for that for as long as he cannot play. And and if if let's say for that year he's he's expected to make eight million. I would need at least, at least three and a half to four 
guaranteed because the cause cause right you saw Major League Baseball negotiations they went forever so and and NFL is worse because it's more it's more pain you know if, even though even though baseball players play play four to five games a week an NFL player playing once or sometimes twice a week is more pain than that. So I I would need that and I would also need full benefits just in case that player gets the virus and can never play again. Do you think the owners would agree to that? You know, I, I think that, you know, first of all, if a player is going to commit to play, then clearly they're, they're going to get paid. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure that they will work in some kind of an arrangement, and I don't have, I'm not privy to the negotiation between the NFL and the NFLPA, but I can tell you that the Player Association isn't going to put, you know, their membership at any further risk than they already are. So there's got to be, you know, some kind of... Uh, there's going to be some kind of an agreement here that if a player, you know, gets ill, he's going to get be he'll be taken care of one way or the other. Now, what we don't really know, and, and we're only going to know if it happens, and God forbid it happens. But what if a player gets ill and dies? And I think you got to shut down. That, yeah, I mean that that that's I mean look, nobody wants that to happen. Uh, and, and I'm right now. I'm almost a little surprised that you know we haven't had any athletes in the sports that have played that have come down with it and gotten seriously ill with it. I'm a little surprised at that. So there must be something to this whole bubble system that's going on. Um, it'll be a little bit more difficult for NFL teams to operate within that quote-unquote bubble because you've got more players on the roster. Yeah. There are more movable parts here, and there's more outside influence here. But I think the one thing that you'll see NFL teams do is they'll tell their players, look, the only way that this works is you're going to have to self-quarantine. Uh, you know, and you're going to have to go from home you know, to the office, so to speak, and that's it. There can't be any going out, and they're probably going to have to put restrictions on players. There's probably going to have to be penalties that they'll pay if they get caught for going out. Like, look, nobody wants to deny anybody the right to do anything. But you have to also understand that if you have the ability to play this sport and you have the ability to make that kind of money and you have the ability to, you know, do what you do, there are going to be sacrifices that you're going to have to make. Otherwise, don't play. And you know what? You get a free pass the next year. But once you commit, then you need to commit. You can't go back and forth, and they're not going to allow you to go back and forth because that's how you're going to get people sick. So, um, uh, you know, there are a lot of young players, I, I fear right now, that, you know, oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to play, I'm going to play. And then when they get into this, uh-uh. Imagine telling Odell Beckham Jr. he has to go from, from home to ballpark, from ballpark to home. Oh, my God. That would be a hard conversation. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally in agreement <laughs> with you. They don't realize how bad it's going to be because they haven't had to go through it. So that, that's going to be some real difficulty. Now, you know, the rookies trying to make the team, okay, that might be different because, you know, hey, if you don't, you know, if you're not a guaranteed roster spot, then you're probably going to be willing to, to do that. But for the guys who have contracts and the guys who are going to get their money and uh, the OBJs, as you suggested, you know, those some of those guys that, you know, are, 
you know, not used to being told what to do, and they're probably not willing to sacrifice. I, I hope that they are. I hope I'm wrong about this, but I think you know as well as I do that not every, there isn't going to be 100% buy-in on this. There just can't be. There are too many people who are like, hey, you're not going to tell me what to do. Okay, that's you know great. what it is too? So it's... I, I won't tell you what to do, but at the same time, you have to make a choice. If you don't want to do this, it's either or. You can't do both. You know what it is too? It's kind of a whole culture thing, right? Ever, ever since these guys were 15 years old, they got yes, man. They got whatever you want. We're gonna get you. So now that they're being paid millions and millions of dollars, they'll be like, "Well, I'm the face of your franchise that you need me to be." So I want, you know what I'm saying? So that's why it's it's weird. That's why I'm surprised the bubble is lasting so far in the NBA because there was even a guy that that needed to go across the highway to get food. <laughs> you know, and 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 it's like, come on, who's really gonna, who's really gonna rat on LeBron James? You know, you know who would who would who would rat on Tom Brady? No one wants to be that guy. No, but 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 guys like LeBron and Tom, you know, Brady and, and, and people like that, you know, the superstars of their respective sports, they're also going to be leaders, and they're going, you know, and 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 or they have to be. And so they have to set an example for the rest of the roster. So they're going to have to be, you know, people like the Patriots would probably be the McCordys, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they're kind of looked at the de facto and, leaders uh, right Julian now. Edelman? Yeah, Julian Edelman obviously is the one on the other side of the ball. So, you know, the guys will take their cues from, you know, these quote-unquote leaders in these locker rooms. And I think most everybody will have buy-in, but there will be a couple who are going to grouse about it, and they're going to have to have a... You know, uh, they're going to have to have a come to Jesus meeting with themselves and decide, can I do this or do I really want my freedom? And if they can do it, then they can do it. But if they get caught getting out there, then there have to be serious repercussions for it. You know, I would I would advocate that, you know, if a guy you know breaks a rule and gets caught out in public or, you know, gets caught at a party or, you know, at a bar or whatever, you got to kick him off the team. Because you can't have them on the team at risk of affecting everybody else. Now, I don't know if your teams will actually get to that point. But if it were me and I was the GM, look, uh, one strike and you're out, bro, because this is serious stuff. I 100% agree. Um, We're, we're going to pause this for a second because I actually do have a co-host. His name is James. He's been very silent, you know, because he's just not a Patriot fan. But he's going to call a good friend of ours, Bobby, who is a big Patriot fan like myself. This, this, is, this is so far, it's like, so far it's been a good segment because the Adler has been talking Patriots, so, so far it's been good. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, call Bobby. Well, welcome, Bobby. So, Nick, introduce. Well, John, we are here with our best friend, Mr. Bobby Thompson. Bobby, John Rook. I think that 
bought the Patriots, you know, a few months ago when uh, when, when Brady left. Uh, I'm one of the few, I think, that uh, advocated for them going after and 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 getting Cam Newton if he was uh, gettable at a decent price. And it certainly appeared that that was the case. And the fact that they went out and got him, I, I couldn't be more excited because I think the guy has something to prove. Uh, if he's completely healthy, and I think we'll find out soon enough, then I think you've got an unbelievable weapon. Where, in, in fact, I always thought uh, when you look at the roster, I think the Patriot roster is built more for a team that has Newton's ability to roll in the pocket and even to you know run pass option or run those RPOs than they were with Brady because you have young receivers that don't run exacting routes like Brady had to have. You know, we always you know used to think oh you know so these young receivers you know oh, they're in Brady's doghouse you know and he's not going to throw to them. Well, it's because they didn't know the roots as precise as Brady wanted them to know them. But with a guy like Newton, when there's always a freelance capability out there, look, he can make plays on his feet, and these uh, young receivers can also you know, move to an open spot where Cam can find them. So I think this may be a little bit more conducive to the personnel that the Patriots have had, especially at wide receiver. Uh, I'm pretty excited about it. He's going to have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL in front of him as well, provided everybody's healthy. So, um, uh, look, I, I think this Patriot offense, Patriot offense can be every bit as good, if not better, than it's been the last couple of years. Uh, if uh, you find that the uh, home pluggers, you know, especially on the defensive line and the linebacking court, are anywhere near, uh, you know, what the guys who were there before and can perform, you know, at uh, you know the, the rate of you know, guys like Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Noy, then I think the Patriots will be right there. And for all these people that are anointing Kansas City as the new dynasty. Cam Newton and learning from him 
this year because Stidham is more of a mobile quarterback. You know, he's, he was that way at Auburn. If you watched him play, I remember watching him play at Baylor before he transferred to Auburn. And right. you know, he was one of those guys that could you know run with the, you know can make plays with his feet. He wasn't just a you know a drop back and, and throw the ball kind of guy. So he can learn both styles from both quarterbacks. And even if you know, Newton is only here for one year, so what? That's another year that he can learn, he can watch, you know, he can take part, you know, as often as he can get in there, and then he can take the best of both worlds and then hopefully be more ready as a starting quarterback himself when the time comes. Ray, I agree 100%. I think Stidham sitting behind Cam Newton this year, definitely he's going to learn from one of the best at that type of ability to do that. Um, one other, another question I got for you is, who do you, who do you think um, this year is the most underrated player on the roster? Wow. Um, so, by underrated, you're talking about a guy that doesn't get a lot of hype, but is probably going to have a heap of responsibility on his shoulders. Is that, that about right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yes. You know, uh, I, I'm, I think that there will be a lot of eyeballs on Sony Michelle uh, because I think there are some that feel like Sony is underachieved. And I'm not sure why those people feel the way that he does or they feel the way that they do about the way that he has performed. Uh, I think Sony has, you know, uh, performed pretty well, uh, admirably. I mean, you know, without being hurt, his rookie year, he's a thousand yard rusher. So, I mean, I think they're going to give him every opportunity uh, to, you know, be the, the number one guy. Uh, I think that he will take some competition, certainly, and I think that's a, uh, competition is great for everybody, but he's still the lead guy until somebody usurps that and beats him out. So, uh, you're talking about a team that's going to rely on him because if he can get yards between the tackles, then it's going to only open things up more for Newton and the rest of the offense. So, uh, I, I think I'd take Sony in, in that regard. I like that one, too. And also, another thing that people don't understand with Sony Michelle, his rookie year in the playoffs, if he didn't play as well as he did, I don't think we would have won many games. You know, in that's the Super Bowl, he, he, played, he, was, he had that big run. AFC Championship game, he was absolutely tremendous. The divisional game, where he scored, I think he scored three touchdowns, am I not mistaken? Three, I believe. Mm -hmm. yep, um, yep. He, I, I'm really high on Sony Michelle. He was great in college. The, the knee injuries been a bit of a bother to him the past two years. I can't wait to see what's going on with him. Uh, my last question for you is regards to the defense. Do you think, this is actually a two-part question, do you think the Patriots defense can replicate what they did last year? And do you think that at the end of the year this year, Belichick, with all the cap space we have, is going to uh, get an extension done with both Dante Hightower and uh, Stephon Gilmore? Because Gilmore has one more year left on his deal after this year, and I'm sure Belichick wants to lock him up long term so he doesn't play elsewhere. Yeah, my, my, I'll take the last part first. I, I think the Gilmore would be more likely because right now, you know, Gilmore, and I think everybody will agree here, Gilmore's best corner in the NFL right now. So if you feel like he can, if you if you feel like he can still play at that level, you know, for the next I don't know what three, four years, five years tops, then I, I think you, you probably have to look at that. Hightower is different. Um, 
the Patriots traditionally look at the linebacking core, you know, as interchangeable. And that doesn't mean that they don't value what, you know, I has brought to the field and certainly to the locker room in terms of his leadership, his athleticism and everything. But let's also keep in mind, here's a guy that spent a lot of his young career banged up. So I think they'd right. probably be more willing to to, to lock up a guy like uh, like Gilmore if they indeed want to do that than a guy like Hightower. That means they won't try, or they certainly won't consider. But if I were a, a betting man on that, I would have to favor I think you know Gilmore more for the long term deal than than Hightower in that regard. Right. And what was what was the second? What was the first part of the question? The first, uh, the first part of the question was, um, was actually, the first part actually, forgive me with this, I, I'm so into the second part of the question. Um, <laughs> it's all right, I do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, um, you know what, I, um, what I was going to say is actually, do you, oh, 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 do you think the defense will replicate what they did yeah, yeah. last year? Right, right, right. You know, I, I, and the honest answer is, is not a cop out, but the honest answer is, is I don't know. And it's because you are replacing, you know, some veterans uh, that, you know, played key roles. And, you know, one of the veterans got better, I think, as year went on, and another one didn't. So, uh, depending upon how the fill ins work and the plug and plays, especially on the defensive line work, I'd say there's every opportunity opportunity to be every bit as good. I think the expectation is that this defense will be every bit as good, but until you actually see these guys go out there and do it, you just don't know. So that's why uh, I anticipate that they will be fine, but until they replicate what we saw last year, there's just there's no true way of knowing. Uh, you know what? I, I respect that answer. I do. Uh, Patriots defense last year only let up 14 points a game. That's unheard of. But, uh, well, in this day and age, I, I, it is. I mean, with the way the offenses are, this, you know, I mean, uh, two touchdowns a game, that's, that's, that's stonewalling people in this day and age. So that, I think, would be tough for any defense to replicate. But, you know, are the Patriots capable? Well, sure, because they've had a year to learn how to do things. So I think most of the younger guys certainly can see that. Now, I th- I'll tell you one thing. The one thing I think the Patriots defense has gotten is younger and faster, mm-hmm. quicker. And they've needed that. That's why they went out and made the draft choices they did. That's why they went out and signed the guys that they did. And you and you, you'll have other guys that are, you know, that were learning last year that will fill in those spots. And hopefully they can, you know, some of those linebackers and those hybrid guys that they have now, you know, can you know stay with those running backs coming out of an opposing backfield because that's what you need. That's what the game has done. Look, the, the Patriots knew a couple of years ago that the way that they were going to have to exist defensively is they're going to have to stay with the quickest teams in the league on the field. And they identified the Kansas City Chiefs as that team. And I think it's one of the reasons why they were able to beat them two years ago to get to the Super Bowl was because they learned how to defend Kansas City. So I think they feel like if we can defend Kansas City, we can defend anybody. And I think last year the Patriots failed because they just didn't have the offensive output. Defensively, if they had the opportunity to play with Kansas City, I think they could have held Kansas City in check. So I think they feel like as long as we stay principally involved with our ability to cover a team that has the speed and the quickness of the Kansas City Chiefs,
Chiefs. If we improve on the offensive side, we're going to be in the running for anything and everything that we want to be in the running for. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm excited for this year. Um, I think that we have this team, everybody's right. We've seen this before. We've seen this before. Yeah, everyone writes us off, you know, oh, oh, you know, Brady's gone. You know, they're, they're not going to be the same dynasty's over. But, listen, when you got Bill Belichick, who we all could agree is the greatest coach of all time in any sport, being still there, he, he's going to work with what he has, and he's going to win no matter what. That, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this season. I know uh, I'm happy because that they said that training camp should start on time. That's a big plus. I'm excited. And I just can't wait for football to be back. I agree with you. I just I just hope we get it back, you know, when, when we can get it back, you know? Exactly. Exactly. 100%. I just, Patriots football, you know, last year was didn't end as we hoped. You know, seeing Tom Brady's last pass being in a uh, pick six to still run the I'll be quiet. Non-Patriots fans love it, but yeah. Love it, love it, love it. I never thought he would leave on those terms. I really never thought that he, his last pass of Patriots being a pick six, I, 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 I thought that almost above everything else would have brought him back. So like, that should kind of tell you what Tom Brady's thinking. That was such a beautiful yeah. moment. That was such a beautiful moment. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> It, it just—it it really uh, still barks. Well, if, you, if that's all you can do—if that's all you can do to remember who Tom Brady was for the Patriots and who he has been as a quarterback, uh, then you don't have a whole lot of depth of, of knowledge, do you? Oh, 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 listen, listen. Tom Brady to me is a god. What? Anything? Everything he's done for us. I, the day he left, I, I tweeted at him. I, I know he's not going to read it, of course, but. I tweeted at him and thanked him for everything he's done. To me, he's, if he wanted to leave, it breaks my heart that he did, but I understand, and he had to move on. And the one thing that gives me, that makes me happy is when he's done with that contract, he comes back to one Patriot place, signs a one-day contract, and retires a Patriot. And that I'll go along with for it. Us. We'll never, I'll go along with we'll, it. Absolutely. Yep. And Tom, listen, Tom... Bobby? Hello? I think so, James. Oh. Yeah, so, so what, uh, yeah, with what Tom Brady did for us could never be, uh, you know, never be taken away. Six Super Bowl championships. Uh, I'm going to miss them, but the thing is, the show goes on, and you know, this is a new... I'm excited. I, I, the one thing I'm really excited for is Cam Newton. I think he, like, like we talked about earlier, brings a different dynamic to the team. Uh, I think I think his personality, I think Pete fans are going to love that. I really do. And I'm just really, really excited to see how he, he can really learn our system and, and Josh McDaniels come up with a, with a game plan for him to be extremely successful. I think there'll be a few more plays that Josh can call for him that he couldn't call for Tom. What do you think? Absolutely. 100%. Well, Bobby, thank you. Thank you for taking the time and coming on. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow.
Thank you guys so much. Mr. Rook, thank you so much for answering my questions. James, Nick, I'll see you guys tomorrow, brothers. Yes, sir. Well, that that was the great Bobby Thompson. He's he truly became one of our closest and dearest friends. Uh, and and James, I I didn't I didn't appreciate your your little laughter in the background. You know, I I don't know why any Giant fan would would be so happy about the Patriots' misery. You no no Giant fan sh should should be upset. plays that Logan Ryan interception and he does it on purpose. On purpose. I mean I, I have it again if you want me to play it. Oh <laughs> uh, no. Um <laughs> so so the Patriots did get did look, get like, Cam all, Newton. All, all kidding, uh, look, um I will say this and I'll be honest. Um as a as a I am I am uh, I am a lifelong New York Giants fan. I've been a Giants fan since I can remember and yeah I am very grateful for the two supporters we have against the Patriots, and I'm not taking those away. You guys basically put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame, and obviously I'm very happy about that. So thank you for Eli in the Hall of Fame. After, especially the first one. Especially the first one. But I have to say this, and this is where I'm going to be honest, and I do love Cam Newton. I'm a little bit surprised he took the Patriots. Now, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. And no one is disputing that. Nobody. But here's my biggest question. How can Cam adapt in New England? You know how Bill Belichick is. You know how a tight ship he runs. You know that Bill Belichick is a no-nonsense type of guy. How, how, how will Cam fit with Bill Belichick? Because Bill Belichick don't take no guff from nobody. Well, I think it's I think it's all you know I think it's all highly uh, overrated. Um, I, look, they're professionals, and you know I'm sure that you know Bill will say, look, you know you can be whatever you want to be when you're on your time, but when you're on my time, you're going to do things my way, and that's kind of the way it's always been. So I mean I think the best part of uh, you know you know uh, the best part of the game uh, will probably be the post game you know uh, interview to see what kind of an outfit Cam's going to wear. So uh, you know but that's fine because that, because that's who he is. All right, so let's you know you don't have to subscribe to being just like Tom Brady. In fact, Cam is probably the antithesis. He's he's probably the anti Tom, which is fine. Nobody wants to be just you know like Tom because there's there's only one Tom. So I, I think the whole thing's overblown. I, can they work together? They can if they want to win. Now, let's say the you know it's forty sec no no twenty seconds left. All right, the Patriots are ten 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 yards away from scoring. Cam doesn't see anything available. He takes off, but. He just falls short, and the Patriots lose. How mad do you think Bill Belichick would be? Well, 
well, it depends on what, you know, his options were on the play. I mean, that's something that you'd, you'd only be able to know if you take a look at the film and the film session afterward. I mean, if he's just going to take off because of pure instinct, then, you know, yeah. then he'd get ripped for it. But at the same time, does he have is somebody open in the back of the end zone that he's not looking, that he's not seeing? You know, so, uh, you know, and I think that's where Cam has improved. And that's, you know, you got to remember, the guy's been an MVP. Okay, so he clearly knows how to see the field. So he's only going to take off and run. And especially, he's been so banged up, you know, I mean, that's why he's in the situation he's in now. So run is not going to be his first option. Run is going to be his last option because he can and because there's nobody open. And if they're daring him to run, yeah, he's going to run because he's going to show him that he can. So, again, if he's made all of his reads, he's made all of his progressions, and he's got to run, nobody's going to fall to the you know, falls a yard short. Very, very good. Uh, another thing Brady was ec- excellent at is, you know, no, knowing, knowing when to fall on the ball, knowing when, knowing when to throw the ball away. Uh, do you think Cam will be able to know when to throw, throw the ball away? All right, I caught about half of that. Half of that. Yeah. All right. Um, Tom Brady's been very, very ec- excellent on when to throw the ball away when he can't get his progressions and when he has nobody open. Do you think right. Cam would be able to do do that as well? You know, I'm I'm guessing if that's what they instruct him to do, then then he'll try to follow suit. But if Cam also feels like, look, I mean, we won't know until we actually see it. If Cam feels like, well, I can make, you know, three yards or I can make five yards, then he'll do that with his feet rather than throw the ball away. Because, you know, I think everybody would rather have, you know, a third down and five as opposed to a third down and ten, wouldn't you? Oh, yes. Absolutely. There's more options. So if you can do something to give yourself more options to keep moving the ball, then I think that's what you're going to do. Um, also, we saw the Rivas one and done. Pa- Patriots won-, won the Super Bowl. Would you be shocked if it's just a one and done? Let's say, let's say Patriots win the Super Bowl. Would, would you be shocked if Cam left? No, no, it wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me at all. I mean, look, if, if and, I, and that's really what Patriot fans should hope for. Patriot fans should hope that this team can, you know, go as far as it, as it wants to or as it, as it possibly can. And if the Patriots somehow did win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton, uh, two things. Number one, you have to you have to pat the dude on the back and let him go out and get the money. But keep in mind now, Cam's contract is at the point, from my understanding now, uh, Cam's contract, the Patriots could decide to bring him back on a franchise tag. Yeah. So, I mean, if the Patriots really believe that, you know, Cam Newton wants to be here and wants to win again, then who knows? Maybe they tag him. I, uh, the fact that, the fact that Nick said winning the Super Bowl. So are you saying there's zero chance? Are you saying there's zero chance that the Patriots can win the Super Bowl, and that, and that Mahomes is just a second coming. Is, is is that what you're trying I, I, to say? I, 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 I'm really, I'm really baffled that you guys forgot about the about the about the shit kingdom that's about to be invented. So we're just gonna like ignore that. You know, we're gonna ignore that. I, you guys forget, like Mahomes' contract doesn't kick in until 2022. How was that 2018 title game, Chief? 
huge albatross around the necks of the Kansas City Chiefs unless he's willing to subjugate like Tom Brady was all these years. Unless he's willing to give money back, who the hell is going to play in the next five years? James, how was that 2018 title game? Do, do you remember that? No, no, no. The the 2018 title game. How how about that one? <laughs> of course you don't. <laughs> before we do rapid fire, you mentioned that you truly believe that the Patriots were that confident in Jared Stedham. I I gotta be honest, before Cam, I thought four and twelve, maybe five and eleven. Um if if the Patriots didn't have Cam, do you really think that they would have been okay with Stedham? I never thought they'd be that bad, you know with Jared Stidham as quarterback. I, my, my thought was is that, you know, they, they might struggle a bit at 8-8, eight eight, but I never thought 4-12 or 5-11, ever. Because there's, you know, now you're not now you're denigrating the, you know, the talent, you know, around him uh, on the offensive line and a running back and a receiver. you got the same guys now. So you're telling me that Cam Newton is going to be the difference between 4-12 and 12 and, say, 12-4? and four? He's, not, he's not making the team eight games better. It's just there's nobody in the league that can do that. It includes, you know, that includes Patrick Mahomes. So uh, it, it, if you think that the Patriots were four and twelve, Cam, Cam Newton, my guess would be, if you think the Patriots were four and twelve, then Cam Newton might be good enough to get them to eight and eight, maybe. It's 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 not that I was going against the offensive line or the defense. It's just that the quarterback. And 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 some people. Talent to win, or they don't. And if they don't have enough talent to win, 
then that's fine if you if you think that that's the case, and we'll have to wait and see. I just think the Patriots had more talent on the offense and especially on the defensive side of the ball than to make them four and twelve or five and eleven. Um, I, I always thought that they would be in the running for uh, a playoff spot if only a wild card. I wasn't ready to hand. The, I'm not ready to hand the division title over to Buffalo Bills, although Buffalo is going to be very good. But I don't see Buffalo being. You know, what are they going to be? Ten and six, maybe yeah. eleven and five if they're really good at it. And I think the Patriots can be right there with that record. Now the Patriots have a tougher uh, have a tougher schedule on paper. Cool. If, if indeed that's the schedule that you know they end up playing. But I do think that they can win ten or eleven games, just like I thought that they could. You know, before they got Cam Newton, I think that it's possible. With Cam, I think it's more likely that they can win 10 or 11. And if they win 10 or 11, they're going to be right there to win the division title. I I hear you. That's very fair. I guess I was just basing it on that, you know, he, he hasn't seen a lot of games. And when he did, you know, you got the pick six with Jamal Adams. And then the, the second appearance he was in, they mostly did running plays. So, so I, so I, so, so I guess I really can't judge that until I see him in, you know, a bunch of games. But also, and, and this is my last question: Do you think they got Cam just because it was too easy to pass up? No, no, no. I mean, too hard to pass up, or, or do you think there was a part of them that said, "Hey, let's just do with the better option." I, I, I think that they first and foremost they want to win. Okay, so this team has has dominated uh, for a long period of time, like no other franchise in National Football League history has done over 20 years. Okay, there have been some really dynastic teams as we know in the league history, and some really good teams. You could argue certainly that there are teams that have been better uh, on an individual year basis than what the Patriots ever were. But in terms of the longevity of success that this team has had over 20 years, I think these guys want to continue to win. And I think they saw, look, if we can get a guy that can make us this multidimensional in offense for a veritable song and a dance, why wouldn't we go get him? I made that argument back in March. And that's why I was always confident that, look, if Cam was willing to play ball, especially with the money, I think Cam would play here. And it came to fruition. So, uh, you know, these guys want to win. That's all it's about. Just win, baby. That's it. That's what Bill Belichick's always been about. All right. Um, now, we're going to end this thing. They were called that fire. Now, this is where I take over. I'm going to ask you some questions. Some of the questions are very, very not fun, but I ask the tough questions. You're going to give me the answer up top of your head. You ready? Okay. Biggest, biggest threat to the Patriots outside the Buffalo Bills is the, either the Jets or the Dolphins. Uh, I'll take the Dolphins only because of Brian Flores. Respect. Okay. Um, which which was a more painful loss? The two losses to the Giants or the loss to um, Nick Bowles? Giants. Which football hurt more? The one with the diamond, Tyree Catch? Oh, my or the God. <laughs> Tyree Catch. Oh, that was beautiful. Um, who 
only big is a bigger star in the NFL, um, just, um, who would even have a chance to be had a better career? Actually, a better question. Um, Deshaun Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson? Oh, I like that one. Uh, I'll take Deshaun Watson. Why? Respect. At a throw. Okay. Yeah, because Lamar Lamar's a better runner. But yep. I think Lamar's career will end will, will be ended quickly if he doesn't become a better pass thrower in the pocket. So I agree. I'm with um, you. Um, well, Patrick now Patrick Mahomes said that he wants to be like Brady, and you said earlier he wants to be like Brady. That means taking pay cuts. So here's the biggest question: Do you see Mahomes knocking on the door of that Brady goat discussion? No. Oh, ooh. How many Super Bowls do you have How many does he have now? Yeah. So you think? Uh, so you're asking me about Mahomes? How many do I think Mahomes will win? Yeah. How many does he have now? One. One. That's how many he's gonna have. Oh. Oh, I love that so much. I really hope you're right. That would be the biggest bust in sports history, if that's correct. Oh, my God, I hope you're right. Okay, respect that. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, so you said that um, you don't think that the, that the old Patriots dynasty is knocking. So this is a question that Nick's going to love. If it's somehow a Tampa Bay versus Patriots Super Bowl, who do you give the edge to? The teacher, which is great, which is Belichick, but a student, which is great. I give the edge to the Patriots, and I'll tell you why. Because Tampa Bay, last I checked, didn't have much of a secondary. Yeah. Ooh, respect, guys. Like two more. Um, this is a, um, who, who do you who do you think have a better career going forward? Is it Sam Donald with the Jets or Daniel Jones with the Giants? Jones. Yeah. 
So just because, you know, oh, they took him at six, oh, that's a terrible pick. No, you can't say that because he hasn't had a chance to play yet. Yeah, and you have and you have to end it all, and the ball is on your coaching staff to yeah. develop the players. And this is why, and you know, I think Jones to me, and I know so many people stretch. Um, and this is going to be, and this is going to shock people. I know people are all hyped on Josh Allen. I think Jones is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I think he may be a better thrower. I would tell you that, you know, I think Allen is one tough son of a gun. I think he's a very good quarterback. He's big, he's strong, he does have a cannon, but I just, I, I see a little bit more of a flair in Jones over Allen. And that doesn't mean I don't think Allen can't, you know, help Buffalo win. I think he can. I think Buffalo made a very good pick with him. And, you know, uh, and I think Buffalo is going to be very good. And Buffalo may very well end the Patriots' streak in the division this year. It's certainly possible. Although I certainly like the Patriots' chances a lot better now with Cam Newton. So, uh, you know, uh, there's nothing wrong with Allen. But it's I think it's just a matter of different strokes for different folks here. Yeah, if, if, if I had to look at both quarterbacks, both are good. But as a franchise, I'd rather pick Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't. I don't think that's a bad selection at all. No, absolutely. I'll go along with that. I think me as a Giants fan, though, and if you know, I've seen Josh Allen twice because my friends at a Buffalo Bills fan, like, I've seen Josh Allen against my team. I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen Daniel Jones even against the Patriots. I was actually, fun fact, and they can tell you, I was in Foxborough, actually. I was in Foxborough yeah. for Giants Patriots. In Foxborough, I was in. And even though the Giants, they're the I mean, and Brady, he didn't have an overall great game. Daniel Jones hanged in there. I mean, when you're talking about a rookie quarterback, and you know Bill Belichick does really well against rookie quarterbacks. Um, he, he, he didn't play as badly as people make it up. Yeah, he makes some mistakes. I mean, he, 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 he made mistakes, and I'm, I, will, I will crucify him for that. But I think he's a lot better than Sam Donald against, against Patriots, in my opinion. Yep. What, 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 yes. Yeah, um, yep. I think. This, this is a question that I wasn't going to ask, but because James brought it up, you know, I it's it's bad enough that he already got this huge five hundred plus million dollar contract, but I truly think Mahomes isn't smart trying to top Tom Brady. I I think that's a bad look to even think that. What, what do you think of Mahomes saying stuff like that? Well, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with trying to aspire to be the best. There's nothing wrong with trying to, you know, uh, you know, uh, work toward being the greatest of all time. But that's what you think you can be. I think that's fine. I, I don't have any issues with that. I, you know, in fact, I think most people like a little bit of cockiness in their quarterback. So I don't have any issue with that at all. I just the question is, is you know, will he be able to do it? And I doubt that, at least at this stage of the game, because I'm not sure that Kansas City is going to structured themselves uh, the way that New England is structured themselves. Look, people talk about you know the blueprint for success. Well, the blueprint, the Patriots, pretty close. I think they've had a good 20-year track record of what the blueprint is. You know, you have a franchise quarterback. You surround him with as much possible talent as you can, staying under the guise of the salary cap, right? And then you have to hope for a little bit of luck in terms of your health. 
You also have to hope for, you know, a little bit of luck and skill in terms of your evaluation of, you know, free agent players and the players that you draft. And if, in a perfect world, everything comes together, then you can win and you can compete. But if one of those things doesn't happen, then there's no way you can even approach what the Patriots have done over the last 20 years. That's what it's going to take for someone to do it again. And I think Kansas City's already barking up the wrong tree because they've locked their quarterback up that long. And they're going to be in salary cap hell before however long it takes. And I just, look, if, if you're telling me that he's you know, willing to renegotiate and do this and do that and give things up in order to continually surround him with, in himself with talent, then, uh, then, you're, then you're telling me that here's a guy that truly wants to knock on Tom Brady's greatness door. But until I see that, I'll doubt it. Plus, plus also, if, if when pay cut time comes, if, if 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 Mahomes doesn't want to, I I highly doubt Travis Kelsey is gonna want to move money around. You know what? Um, uh, it's all conjecture right now. I mean, Kansas City is gonna be very very good. They should be the favorite to repeat next year. They got twenty of their twenty two starters, I think, back last I checked. You know, for next for this next season. So look, if they end up with that those kind of numbers back and they're able to stay healthy, there's no reason why they wouldn't be uh, you know the strongest team or the number one contender to, to win it all again this year. But I would tell you that if the Patriots. You know, have a uh, you know any kind of success at all with Cam Newton? Then I think it'll be a lot more difficult for Kansas City than people are going to give them credit for. I agree with you. And guys, this has been John Rook, the Friars radio host and the PA announcer for the Patriots. John, it was fantastic talking to you. Thank thank you for giving us the time. And and Bobby wanted to thank you as well. He he had a great time talking with you. Well, I appreciate you asking me. Thanks for having me on, boys. No problem, John. Uh, Take thanks, care. Thanks, thanks. You got it. Much appreciated. Guys, that was a fantastic John Rook. All things Patriots. You know, last last Saturday, talking to Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots. This Saturday, you know, talking with John Rook. Maybe next Saturday, I'll have to squeeze in an, a Patriot guest. You know, just to, just to keep it flowing, Um, you know. Other than hearing some guys laugh on the podcast, you know, you know when Bob, you know when Bobby came on the pod, I I thought the first twenty minutes of talking to John, I thought that was a fantastic conversation. It was me and John talking, and I'm sure James was in the background saying, "No, no, stupid, 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 no, I don't want to hear this, no, 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 no." And 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 it was just it was just so so beautiful. Um, we 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 got some good knowledge, and uh, I'm just I'm just ultimately ultimately glad that uh we got Ken. Um, all I can say number one. The Yankees are winning 8-2 because the Mets bullpen. Yeah, this game's over, man. You got some guy, you got some guy named Gilliam doing a freaking elevator. He's he's looking like he's sitting on on a bench, right? And then he goes up and up and up and up and up to his normal standing. And and then he heralds a pitch that looks like it's going 89 miles per hour. 
So it's it's you know it's it's kind of annoying at this point. It's just one of those times where hey Mets bunt, just bunt three times, and and let the Yankees do. The you know Edwin Diaz. If this is the kind of Edwin Diaz, the Mets are gonna get. I'm telling you right now, they are done. They are done next month. They are done. September will not. September will not mean a thing. It will not mean a thing. The back end of July will not mean a thing. You cannot have Ed, Edwin Diaz push like that. And Dylan Matanzas, he topped out our 93-94 mile power. You cannot, you cannot have that. You need, you need him sitting 97-98 minimum. So, if, if this is how Dylan Matanzas is going to be, huh, do never come back on the Yankees. Never, never, ever, never come back because cause, cause you're not that good anymore, guy. I do got to say this, is that um, if, if, that's the, if this is the match, then oof. The Braves, the Braves will win the National East with, with three weeks to go. hit a hundred home runs in sixty games, but crapped out in another ALCS. I'm telling you, it's it's never gonna make me stop being a Yankee fan. But it comes to a certain point. Is why stop stop investing in guys who look the part but can't do it. As much as we want it, you can't copy DJ LeMahieu. This is not Bugs Bunny. DJ cannot bat one through nine. He cannot do it. All right. So people got people gotta be like him. And this is why I will always say, give me DJ over Judge. Give me DJ over any other Yankee. Cause who cares that they hit over three hundred home runs last year? Who cares? Who cares that statistically they were better than the Astros in every category? But guess what? Last time I checked. They didn't play the Nationals in the World Series. So who cares? Alright? you got to have timely hitting. I do not care that Gio Rochelle hit over 20 home runs last year. What did he do when he came clutch? Alright? No one was better than DJ LeMay last year when it counted. Aaron Judge was close. Glaber might have been closer. You know, other people might have been up there. But no one was better than DJ LeMahieu. The ninth inning, what happened? We needed to tie the game. Who tied the game? Not Aaron Judge. Not Claybert Torres. Not Gio Urshela. Not Luke Voigt. Not Gary Sanchez. DJ LeMahieu. Alright? So, Yankees, you better resign him. Because I'm telling you right now, as, as much as I love Tyro Estrada, I do not want anyone else at second base. Nobody else. It has to be. It has to be DJ LeMahieu. And I'm telling you right now, for all the people that think the Yankees can get Francisco Lindor, where are you gonna put him? 
Alright? Where are you going to put him? Unless, unless, unless you have DJ at third and Gulliver at second, you know what that means? You want to know who's bye-bye? Miguel Andujar. And then, and then, you're now reducing Gio Urshela to a role player. So, if it's Lindor over DJ, by, no, no, I do not want Lindor. I'd rather have DJ LeMahieu. I do not want Francisco Lindor. If that's a choice, right? Be- or, 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 you, be- because you can't trade Andujar and Urshela. But, is Urshela really wor- worthy on the bench? You're, you're not putting him in the middle of the game for DJ LeMahieu. You're not doing it. You're not doing it. And and could Glaber be flexible and want to try a little third base? Is, is he going to want to do that? Probably not. He's probably not going to want to do that. Um, Could you add maybe be Gio Scheller in the outfield? Yeah, but why would you want that? You we have, we have four very good outfielders there. So that's what people got to think of. This is not... This is not MLB the show where you can have JT Real Moodle behind behind the plate, Freddie Freeman at first, Christian Yelich and Mike Trout and Mookie Betts in the outfield, Nolan Arenado at third, Francisco Lindor at short, DJ LeMayo at second base, and have every other top star pitcher and every it's no, that's not how it works. There's no auto trades. And one, also if you trade it for Lindor it's probably it's probably gonna take four to five prospects. Good good bu- goodbye Debbie Garcia. Goodbye Migo Andujar. You know. Goodbye Clark Schmidt. Oh, there there you go. Good goodbye Clark Schmidt. Maybe even Mike Ford. Um, and and you know what? Maybe the Yankees would say no to this. But if I'm Indians, I'm starting. I'm starting with Jason Dominguez. That that's what I start with. And then, and then also, I'm also asking for Glaber Torres. If I'm losing a shortstop, I want a shortstop back. And, th- and then, and then maybe they say no with Glaber, but they're getting Andujar, they're getting Estrada, they're getting Garcia and Schmidt, they're getting all those guys, and then maybe two more prospects. That's that's what it takes to land a guy like that. That that that's what it would take to land Yelich. That's what it would take to land Trout plus three more prospects. Okay, that's I'm, what it's gonna I'm take. Just gonna tell, I'm just gonna tell you, um, I'm not trading for Lindor. I do not want Lindor if it means Clark Schmidt. I think everyone knows that just like Mike Scudero is the president of the Ryan and Lucal Fan Club, I am the president of the Clark Schmidt Fan Club. I am the president, CEO. Head, head trustee and fundy of the Clark Schmidt fan club. He's not leaving me. And that's that. <laughs> and uh, way to go, Ryan Ruko, for following Mike Sudero. I think that was great. You know, that was we, awesome. we, we got to have more interaction. And look at a met Rosario getting a triple. Um, So, yeah, you know, that's, that's a problem with social media. Sometimes people tweet out ridiculous trades. And one of them, the account... Is some guy named Justin Rogero or whatever the hell his name is? He tweets the most ridiculous trades, the kind of trades that will only happen with automatic trades turned on. So it has to stop. You can't, even though everybody can have an opinion, you can't just say something just to say something. You can't say something that sounds completely stupid. So the Yankees get in the door. Who are you losing? 
you're either losing a bunch of players or you're losing DJ LeMay. That's what it costs to get Francisco Lindor. So let's see if that's worth well, it to you. I agree. Well, guys, this has been a fantastic show. Guys, we're off tomorrow. We're going to say goodbye to our brother, Bobby Thompson. We love, we love you, Bobby. And even though it, this is not a goodbye, this is a see you later. Exactly, and and I, I just want to say this for anybody who opposes me on a beer pong table tomorrow. You're taking the L. You're holding the L. You're holding the L in your hand, and 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 you're gonna say, but 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 I did the best I could. I I, I just couldn't beat the sports dudes. And James, I'm telling you right now, you you. You, you better stretch that hand, and if you if you are bad at beer pong, I'm demoting you. I'm putting you on the bench, and and I'll and I'll pick up a tree. I'll pick up a grass. You know, I'll 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 pick up a mask. Or or, or hey, if I if I see a three year old throwing a tennis ball, I'll say hey kid, come over, and I'll go get some apple juice and put it in the cup. And that's the ball game, 9-3 Yankees over the New York Mets. You know, everyone else trying to give high fives in the dugout and the Bulls like, nah, screw it up, bro. I'm, I'm just walking up to the field and, and let's get out of here. Well, well, let's get out of here. Well, since they're getting out of here, we're getting out of here. It's time to say goodbye, y'all. We'll be back again on Monday, y'all. Peace out, guys. Woo!